two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Hughes 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? That's not really no. that's not really one, no. Uh happy, happy, uh imminent St. Patrick's Day. Thank you. You yes, too. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um I by the way, and this has nothing to do with St. Patrick's Day, so I'm not quite sure why I began that way. But uh, a librarian recently wrote to a bunch of other librarians on a listserv that I belong to. Or a group that I belong to. And uh, it was all about, you know, this, these Dr. Seuss books and the six that were taken out of print. And, uh, and some people were saying, well, you know, maybe these books are classics. And she decided to define what a classic was. And I thought that has much to do with this podcast because mm-hmm. on this podcast, Fuse 8 and Kate, we review children's books and determine if they're classics Exactly. Or not. So I thought maybe this would be useful to us. I'm not going to read you all 10 of her points. I Jeez, will simply uh, summarize. Uh, point number one, books published more than... 30 years ago. We have a 20-year rule. Yeah, we do. She said to account for slightly older parents who remember books from their childhoods. I'm like, "Mm, we got a lot of... Yeah, I don't know about that. So 20, I think, is still perfect. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, Remains relevant to children's current interests and is not simply adult nostalgia. I thought that was a good point. Yes. Reissued by publishers and includes updated versions and anniversary editions. I don't approve of that one because that's saying that the publishers know best and they'll reprint any junk if they think it'll sell. Parents ask for them and can't wait to share them with their kids. They connect with the book on an emotional level. Parentheses, when's the last time we got asked for George and Martha, for example? Probably not an enduring classic. And then I was out. I was like, how dare you? How dare you, madam? How dare you? So on that note, uh, yes, we talk about children's classic picture books and such. And you gave me a challenge. I did. You said St. Patrick's Day. I did. The worst classic <laughs> picture day. I'm just going to say it. It's the worst classic picture day of the year. I don't know. Um, I didn't ask you for like a... Look, Yom Kippur has more <laughs> than St. Patrick's Day does. I mean, it, it, it's and I'm not even joking about that. There's some pretty really cool Yom Kippur ba- books out there. Don't worry, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna ask for a Memorial Day one. So. All right. Well, to punish you, <laughs> I decided to get the following. But I couldn't decide. St. Patrick's Day in the morning by Eve Bunting and Jan Brett, and then this one. Tim O'Toole and the Wee Folk, an Irish tale. Yes. Oh, uh, told and illustrated by Gerald McDermott. And then this one, uh, we've never done an Eve Bunting and we've never done a Jan Brett. So that's exciting. Every year, poor librarians, much more so even than booksellers, go to their stacks of ancient holiday books (laughs) and make a display and then, when all those books are taken, they get desperate and start being like, we've got a book on Irish recipes. We've got a book on uh, giants. They're Irish, right? <laughs> so this book, at least, Tim O'Toole, I have seen pulled out many, many, many times. Um, I have never in my life 
heard of St. Patrick's Day in the morning. I don't know which of these will be better. So I am asking you to look at both of them and then decide which one you want to do. I leave the choice in your hands. Okay. You are going to decide which one gives you more to talk about. Okay. Basically. Okay. Oh, Danny boy. Der peeps, der Danny. Danny boy. Oh, boy. Oh, oh boy. boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> if you guys oh, don't understand what we're doing, uh, <laughs> then you have not seen the Muppets rendition of Oh, Danny boy, where it is what? Beaker. <laughs> Beaker, the Swedish chef and animal. Attempting to sing Danny Boy with Animal just devolving into, oh, oh boy, boy, oh boy, <laughs> oh Danny. So I definitely have a favorite and I have a non-favorite. Interesting. Please tell me more. Um, Let's go through the non-favorite first because I feel like it's going to be faster and then we can- Oh, sure, 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 sure. Because I want to do both. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. The, turn of the, the turn of events I did not predict. Okay. So the one that I didn't like was mm. St. Patrick's Day in the Morning. Okay. So this is the Eve Bunting slash Jan Brett title. Yes. Which right. the illustrations actually reminded me of that Alexander and the no good, terrible, horrible, bad day guy. Wow. Yeah. That guy whose name I really should know might have been Roy. <laughs> really don't know that guy's name i was getting those vibes from uh, these illustrations wow i don't think anyone's ever said that about jan brett a day of her life so this is oh. fascinating well there you go all yeah. right i don't know if it's i mean well it was like an early 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 like what's the pub date on that 1980 okay so i was two <laughs> and you didn't exist not for four more years there you go all right <laughs> so we meet this kid named jamie uh he crawls out of bed at five o'clock in the morning and he's really upset because he it's saint patrick's day morning and he really wants to participate in the parade but he's too young so as evidenced by the fact that he got up at what time in the morning oh the clock on the mantle is 505 <sighs> yeah that sounds right yes small children do get up that early that's this insane story checks out yeah but i was thinking oh i've been to a parade on saint patrick's day in ireland Oh, uh, so have I. Oh. Well, oh, mine I, was in Dublin. Where was yours? Cook County, where mm. the Blarney Stone is. Very nice. And very it was nice. really quaint. It was Aww. so small, like the plumbers were in it. That's nice. And mine like, was huge. Oh, well. Floats and Yours was probably a lot stuff. more like... We had uh, two yeah. St. Patrick's, which the uh, announcer wasn't quite sure how to announce it. He was like, ah, here's St. Patrick, wishing all everyone a great day. And here's St. Patrick's. Son! <laughs> it's really entertaining. Not sure that's how saints work, but sure. Anyway, so this is pretty much just a story about a kid who thinks he knows best, mm. and I kind of want something bad to happen to him, and nothing does. Okay. He's got a nice sweater, though. The illustrations are gorgeous. Yeah. These All are... right, I'm going to give you a proper Jan Brett book after this. I mean, the the you know, for any knitters out there, mm -hmm. the Irish cardigan that he wears throughout the story is very well done. It is very well. She clearly knows what knitting is. Yeah. The, yeah. the dog is adorable. The donkey is adorable. So it's this kid who puts on uh, his sibling's sash, his father's hat, his mom's his dad's hat's awesome. His, I would, I would wear that hat. jacket, you know, and he just goes through this town at five o'clock in the morning and pretending like he's in his own little parade. And the goal is to get to the top of this hill. Something interesting about the illustrations is that the only colors are black, white, gold, and green. Hmm. Okay. So like at one point in the book, it mentions a big red rooster. Nope. That rooster is green. Gray. <laughs> green? It's green. Oh, yeah. 
A green and yellow rooster. Well, you know, if you put green and yellow together, you get red, so that's fine. <laughs> well, this kid, he takes his brother's uh, flute and his Because horribly... that'll sound great. Oh, it sounds horrible. And even, like, mad old Mrs. Mulligan's like, shut up! And uh, he... When you say mad, is she coming out of the rooster's house? Uh, she's coming out of her house and the rooster is on top of her house. Oh, I see. Okay. It looked like she was coming out. Okay. She's not kneeling. I'm sorry. This looked like she was coming out of a very tiny rooster house. She's mad because he's making terrible noise at five o'clock in the morning on a flute. I'm not And speaking as someone who has been woken up at three o'clock in the morning with a pan flute to neighbors playing the Titanic song, (laughs) I would be mad too because I was. Anyway, so I don't know if Jamie does this every year trying to like have his own little parade because the people that he comes across in the morning are like come on in i'll get you some food and something to drink <laughs> which is like I think jamie just like is, eats people out of their house and home and they're just where comes jamie again well it, you know he thinks he knows best every person that he talks to he's like what do they know <laughs> oh. the animals he's like what do they know my music sounds amazing and he eventually they're all fools <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> he gets to the top of this hill um, where there's a stage set up next to like a torn down castle, which cool. is legit because, yeah. It's got castles everywhere. Ireland has castles yes, everywhere. That's true. So he stands on the stage. He's like, you know, a happy St. Patrick's Day to you too, son, because the sun is coming up. And he puts his empty, because he got a, you know, a ginger, ginger ale. So he puts the bottle on the stage and... With the with the with the flag in the bottle, leaves it on the stage, and he's like, "No one's going to know who did this." Ha ha ha! And he goes, <laughs> "Boy, you'll show them all, kid." <laughs> yeah, he goes all the way home. He gets home at seven fifty-five in the morning, so it took him almost three hours. All right, well, that's great. His parents, I pray, are still asleep. Uh, well, yeah, because his brother just you know he gets into the house, he takes off the jacket, the sash, and the hat, and he curls up on a chair with the dog and the flute, and his brother's like. Oh, I bet you're sad you're not going to be walking in the parade. And Jamie's like, silly Kevin, what does he know? And I'm like, oh, you're just, just a brat. Just, just uh, so, so you didn't, didn't appeal to you. Well, I could see someone making the argument that it's about a kid overcoming people's expectations of what he can and can't do. Sure. But to me, he just sounds like a brat the entire time. Right. The only saving grace is the kindness of the people in the town who are giving him food and drinks and the illustrations. But to, oh, well, in the illustrations. But to what end? I mean, they're just enabling his bad behavior. Yeah, so I gave there it a four. Go. All right. Good to know. Good to know. And then we get to the book about violence, which I really like. Oh, wonderful. So we get to Tim O'Toole and the Wee Folk. Yeah. Which, if anyone's wondering what the Wee Folk are, it's leprechauns, but the book never says the word leprechauns. Well, I don't now really. I should have done my research and found out what the derivation of the term leprechaun is. This is that isn't some word that like Americans slapped on the Wee Folk, is it? Okay, when you go to Google and you type in origin of leprechaun. It says, tales of these small creatures first emerged in the 8th century when legends about tiny water dwellers began circulating among the Celts. Their name is thought to come from the word, oh, I'm not going to pronounce that. That's like, yeah, yeah, but meaning small body. No surprise as they are said to be only two to three feet tall. Okay. There you go. Sure. From from the Celts. Why not? Not American. Yeah. Well, I thought the the word leprechaun might be American. Oh, but yeah. Nope, it's a word I can't pronounce. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Gaelic? I don't know. <laughs> so we meet this family. Tim, his wife, Kate, which I 
personally am fond I'm, of. I'm sure you are. And they're two kids. One's like a toddler and one's a baby. They don't have names. They <laughs> <laughs> And they live in Donegal, which is where our family is from. Oh. Yeah. Family connection. Yeah, I thought that yeah. was cool. So they are extremely poor. Uh, they don't have a lot of food. They don't have any money. Their children eat porridge for supper. So they go to America. <laughs> no. No? <laughs> no. Sure? Yeah. Okay. All right. No. Uh, apparently they are so poor that even their poor neighbors avoid Tim because they think that he's going to bring them bad luck somehow. Wow. How poor do you have to be that your Irish neighbors are like, keep away from that guy. Well, he's... I mean, Irish or not, you're you're poor. Yeah. Someone else is poor, and you're like, oh, no. No, no, no. I'm yeah. not going to be associated with that guy. That guy, like, I got a bad, but nothing compared to that guy. So Kate is finally like, you know, Tim, you're complaining all the time, yet you're doing nothing about it. So stop bemoaning your fate. Go out and find work like a decent man. Whoa. And take us out of this poverty. Which, I mean, wow. she's, she's taking care of a newborn and a toddler. So. And they're crying their eyes out. And she's going to have to deal with that. And yeah. She's she just like, doesn't want more belly suck again. it up. <laughs> find a job. And that's how we'll stop being poor. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for laying it on the line, Kate. Yeah. I yeah. like her. All right. <laughs> so Tim's like, okay. So he goes and knocks on every door, goes to every farm trying to find a day's work. But there's no work to be had. Right. He's really tired. He's hungry. He can't walk any further. So he lays down in a green clover at the side of the road. As soon as he lays down, he hears this noise. And it's coming from the other side of this hill. And he looks over the hill and he sees a bunch of, he. it's called wee folk, mm. laughing and singing and carrying on. And apparently, uh, <laughs> there's some sort of folklore that... Um, if you see wee folk or leprechauns in the light of day, you can demand their treasure. Oh, you don't have to catch them? I thought you had to catch them. This just says demand their treasure. All right, demand away, dude. Now, I don't know a lot about leprechauns, but I'm pretty sure stealing from them turns into a horror movie. Uh, yes. You ever yes. seen the movie Leprechaun? Yeah, it was played by the guy who played Willow. Oh, really? And Professor Flitwick. Dude's got a great career. He has a, he has a very vast range. Yes. <laughs> So the uh, the leader of the leprechaun says, okay, well, have mercy on us. And he has this like little smirk on his face. He's yeah. like, you've caught us, so you will be richly rewarded. And he gives them, uh, the, the leprechauns give him a goose that lays golden eggs. But he the, the leprechaun leader says, go straight home, don't tell a soul, and you and Kate shall never want for more. So they know his name, his wife's name. I'm like, they see you when you're sleeping. They know when you're awake. Oh my gosh. It's Wait, are they actually like Santa's elves on I'm vacation? working on a theory, honestly. <laughs> I mean, there's beard in both cases. I see buckles. I see, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Interesting. Coincidence? When elves need to let loose. His name and- is Saint Nick. Mm-hmm. Nick's a very Irish name. I'm just saying. And, you know, drink some green beer. This exactly. is where they go. I guess that's, yeah. They, they go down south. Down. <laughs> down south from North Pole to Ireland. Maybe well, they both have elves. It's like they're Cancun. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, so Tim is so excited, but he's really, really tired from this long day that he had of walking around and being really hungry. So he finds this couple who own a farm, the Magoons, 
and they let him uh, stay there. Mm. And he's boasting about this goose, about how it's got, it's going to lay golden eggs, and he's going to be so happy. He falls asleep, and the Magoons are smart, and they exchange the goose that lays golden eggs for one of their gooses? Geeses? Geese. I want it all. I want the whole world. Anyway. so Yes, that's true. Yeah. So uh, he goes home, and the goose does nothing. And he's pissed. I mean, you got a free goose out of it, dude. It's not the worst thing in the world. Goose is delicious. I mean, well, here's the thing. Like, if a magical creature tells you to shut your trap, you should shut your trap. You really, really, really (laughs) should. But he somehow finds these leprechauns again, which... At this point, it just seems like they want to be found. right? Right? Wouldn't they have moved to a new location? I would think I would be like, come on, dudes. He knows where we are. Right. And he's going to be an idiot and tell someone about the goose. Well, he finds them and he's like, hey, the goose didn't lay any gold necks. And they were like, hmm, that's curious. Don't worry. We'll we'll make good on your reward. So they give him a tablecloth that when you unfold it, food just magically appears. That's awesome. Right. So they say, take this home. Don't tell anyone. And you and Kate will never want for more. So this is a rule of threes type story. Right, so as you can Tell me guess, he doesn't go to the same neighborhood. He goes to the same house. Okay, so at this point, I'm thinking murder of these neighbors may occur at some point. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. So he goes home. Again, he's boasting about this tablecloth. He goes to bed. They exchange the magical tablecloth for one of their regular tablecloths. He wakes up, goes home. Sure enough, he unfolds the tablecloth. Nothing happens. He goes back. Back to for a third I mean, time. these are patient leprechauns. They are. But Super I think patient. they knew. I think Yeah, they seem to have these like little smirks on their faces yeah. the whole time. Like, this dude. This dude. Because he goes back to the leprechauns and he's like I What up? Well he's like, I'm not pleased, and the leader goes, Hmm. Is the tablecloth empty? He said, Yeah. Did you go directly home as we told you? Tim's like, uh... They're like, yeah, you should not trust the Magoons. So apparently these leprechauns know about... They know all about the Magoons. So they're like, all right, hold on. We're going to give you this green hat. I want you to go back to the Magoons again, Mm -hmm. boast about it, put it in the middle of the room, pretend to go to sleep and see what happens. Magoons have not heard about the rule of threes. You'll be okay. Right. Right. And Tim's like, okay, I trust you. So he (laughs) goes back to the Magoons. Why would you lie? Does exactly what he's told, you know, lays the hat down, pretends to fall asleep. Mrs. Magoon is like, oh, I wonder what what sort of magic is in this hat. Because he just said it was a magical hat. Mm -hmm. They flip over the hat. And all of a sudden, uh, like a de- army, a dozen leprechauns with billy clubs. Whoa! Well, sorry, they're black thorn clubs. Okay, that sounds even worse. Beating the shins and ankles <laughs> oh, of the magoons. Wow. wow, this is glorious. I did not actually expect violence to occur, but violence has occurred. All right, I think it's great. So yeah, this the- is this is this is very uh, satisfying <laughs> in a weird way. The, Beat those shins. The magoons are like, lay off. You get Tim. Tell your little henchmen to have <laughs> mercy. Tiny- 
tiny henchman. <laughs> and he's like, give me my tablecloth and my great goose and uh, we'll leave you alone. Say, yeah. So they, they give back the goose and the tablecloth and Tim takes the hat and the, the tablecloth and the goose, goes home. Sure enough, you know, the tablecloth, the food automatically appears and the goose lays a golden egg and everything is great. But... All the neighbors start hearing about... Oh, shoot. I thought the story was over. No. All the neighbors come over and they're like, oh, I want to see this. I want to see this table. And they're like eating all of his food. And which, I mean, to be fair, it's never ending food. It's never ending. You could feed them all for right, the rest but of like your life. The goose and everything. So he's like, all right, I think, I think it's time to end this party. So what does he do? He takes off the oh! green hat and all of a sudden, ten tiny men with black thorn clubs are beating the shins Wait, and ankles. He got, he got to keep the hat, too. Yeah. That's the part that I love. And they chase, I, I love that. They chase the people out of the house <laughs> and and they, they live a very happy life since they never need anything else at this point. But this last page, there's so much to pick apart in the illustrations. Like, you can see the shadows of the leprechauns. You can see the goose. You can see the mouse. But the cat, the fat, the cat is so fat that doesn't, fatted cat. it doesn't want to eat the mice. There's a mug with Tim's face on it. That's unnerving. I don't understand. But, I don't know what that means. Yeah. So um, And the hat's on the mantle. The hat's on the mantle, and yeah, everything is hunky-dory. No one's crying. Everyone's full. (laughs) It's great. There's a fire in the hearth. And I do like, in one of the illustrations, it does look like there's a female leprechaun, which I never (gasps) really thought. What? To me, that... I never really thought about female leprechauns. I don't know. Maybe. I'm not convinced. Could just be a dude with long hair. We'll put it on Instagram. All right, we'll put the the potentially female leprechaun... (laughs) Uh, it would be nice if it was, yes. And anyway, so I gave this book a six because the illustrations aren't my style, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it was definitely entertaining. And I could see this being read like during this time of year, year after year. I couldn't see it being read like around Christmas time or like any other season, really. Nope. I And I can't say I'm a fan of Tim's actions, um, but... Well, you need a fool. For a, for a story like this to work, you need a fool. He, but a good-hearted fool. fool. Yeah, but it's definitely uh, the wee folk that saved the story with their billy clubs. <laughs> their <laughs> the terrible <end>. billy clubs. <laughs> well, that is excellent. I feel like I just had a very good story, so thank you. You're welcome. Letters time. Ooh. Lark wrote in. And that is lovely. She writes, the podcast is always delightful. And I've been enjoying every episode very much. The Marzipan Pig was a new one for me. I love Russell Hoban, so I went looking for it. I tried to watch it on YouTube, but they wanted money for it, and I am a cheapskate. So, I went to my library, thinking they might have the video. Lo and behold, the Weston Woods animated version is on the video playaway called Crazy Hair Day and Other Stories About Friendship. This is a story about friendship? I was skeptical. So I listened to Tim Curry read the story of the owl who eats the mouse who eats the marzipan pig. I watched the poor lonely owl fall in love with the taxi meter and dance next to the bridge. And maybe it was just Tim Curry, but I loved it. It's surreal and weird and makes no sense, but it was lovely. So that's my contrary opinion. And thanks for introducing me to this weird little book. (laughs) Uh, Betsy, thank you for telling us that Brown Bear, Brown Bear has been re-illustrated a couple times. Something kept bugging me about that book. I knew something was different. I'm glad this was not a Berenstain thing. That, of course, being the theory that the Berenstains were once the Berensteins. Um, Berenstein a, Bears, yeah. Berenstein Bears. Yes, that's an alternate uh, 
universe theory. Kate, your list of top 10 games is excellent. I'd like to recommend Castle Panic and Magic Maze, not to be confused with Ravenburger's Labyrinth, which is also good. Both are cooperative games. Castle Panic is easier. Magic Maze will drive you up the wall in a good way. We got it first from our library and then bought it for Christmas because it has lots of replayability. In Magic Maze, each of four players performs a different move with the pawns on the board, north, south, east, or west. You are all trying to move the pawns through a maze that changes each game before time runs out. But here's the catch. You can't talk. You have to trust that the other players will see what needs to be done next. So it can be fun, but it can also destroy friendships <laughs> and marriages. Thank you, Lark. That's a good letter. Grown-up things we like. Um, I'll go first because it's kind of boring. Great! <laughs> but it's necessary because you know you're an adult when you get excited over cleaning your dryer vent. Never happened to me before. I am not clearly an adult. Well, I mm. don't know how many people know this, but you need to clean your dryer vent mm -hmm. because that's the source for fires. Yes, this is true. Right. So yes. you can either hire someone for like 300 bucks to clean out your dryer vent, or we found on Amazon... Um, it's... Well, you don't just take it out because we just take ours out. No, no, no. I'm talking about the long vent that oh, goes the to the outside. Vent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see. What you got to clean yeah. that giant right, vent because right, that right. gets full of lint. Right. So on Amazon, we found this, it's it's an Amazon's choice. The brand is Smart House, and it's a dryer vent cleaner kit, and it's 20 feet long. And it's it's essentially like, you know the poles that would be in a tent? Yeah. It's like those, but you screw them together to make it like 20 feet long, and on one end is a brush, like a hard bristle brush. Oh. Think of like a toilet brush cleaner. It's like the um the thing you put down the, the bathtub drain. What's it called? The uh the drain rat, whatever it's called. Sure. Yeah, but it's never like done it's that a big that's one. Fine. Yeah. It's a big brush. Uh -huh. And then at the very other end of Drain Weasel. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay, so at yeah. the very end of the twenty foot long pole that you just screwed together is your power drill. And you get to, Ooh. yeah, you just turn your power drill on and it v -v 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 -v, and it spins the brush and you just push that all the way through your 20-foot yeah. long dryer vent and it's so satisfying. Oh, man, I, I have to show you my drain weasel sometime. This, this is exactly the same principle. This is so fantastic. for yeah. anyone listening, if you haven't cleaned your dryer vent in at least two years, mm -hmm. please do this. It's 30 bucks on Amazon It's and you can use it every year. It's well worth the money. Very good. Don't have a house fire. Oh, that's, that's my a, advice. That's a good. That's a good uh, thing to tell the public. Don't Very die. Nice. Don't <laughs> die, folks. All right, I have two grown-up things I like. Uh, the first one is just personal to me. Uh, I'm going to go on a, a writing retreat uh, next week, which is to say, I'm going to get an Airbnb in the same town as my family and just stay away from them for a couple days. It's cheap. It's easy. I don't have to take the car. I'm pretty sure it's called a vacation, Betsy. Yeah, no, I'm gonna be working the whole it's a time. Staycation. So, yeah, it's a it's a stay workation. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the other thing is a little movie I saw recently, uh, Nomadland. This is the new Francis McDormand film. Uh, it's slightly historical because it takes place in 2011. It is about a woman who, um, you know, she's having a hard time. She her town basically just went away. 
Um, her husband's been dead for years. She's been working. She works at Amazon during the, the holiday rush, but then she has to find jobs other places. So basically, she just lives in her van and travels around the country. And there's this whole community of older people who do this. They don't have retirement benefits, so they just travel around the country finding jobs where they can, uh, helping one another out. It is based very, very much on a true story, which is a, a book that is also called Nomadland. Uh, it's very good. You can see it streaming on Netflix. Um, unfortunately, they are they're, they were going to release it on DVD, and now it's going to be Blu-ray only, which kind of disappointed me. But it is a movie that a lot of people are talking about for Frances McDormand getting yet another one of those shiny, shiny Oscars because she does a great performance in it. So that is Nomadland. Good for her. Yeah. Cool. Who, who doesn't like Frances McDormand? I love her. Exactly. She was great in Fargo. That's what I'm saying. So, so we, I realized you didn't really vote on your the books. No, I'm just going with your votes on that one, I think, actually, because I didn't actually officially read the books. So, um, but if I will, I'll say this much. Um, with the Eve Bunting, now, and you know, I even like, I even like Jen Brett's art, but it wasn't doing it for me. I would say a three. And if I was talking about uh, Mr. O'Toole, the the second book, I like that one a lot. I was just going to give it a five. So I'd say that one is a toe over the line classic. Okay. Hooray! Good. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. And uh, we're going to be taking next week off. Yes. Um, be- see previous statement about a uh, writing retreat. And then we will be back with more classics. Yeah. So uh, if you can come up with a good Friday book. <laughs> uh, no, ha- nope. April, April Fool's Day? Uh, nope. Okay. Not even, not even slightly thematic. It'll be completely <laughs> random. Okay. And until then, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fusing Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse Number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher. Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our deep nostalgist is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird.